0: All right, welcome to the Salty Dogs uh, podcast. I'm excited. Casey's bursting with yeah. excitement.
1: We're ready to cast our pods upon me.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, man, it's it's awesome to be back. We're always excited to be together recording. Yeah. And, uh, man, Casey and I had to throw together another... Emergency podcast session because we're both out of town here in the next couple of weeks, and yeah. so, so here we are. But whenever we're kind of up against the pressure, um, some really cool things start to happen. Um, yeah. We we spoke with uh, Mr. Matthew Pinner, who's back on the podcast. Whoa, repeat customer.
2: Is this, am I the first repeat? I you just, are the first. You're repeat. the first repeat. Do I get a guy. prize? Dang. Well, uh, I'll give you a glass of water. You I did give me the bumper sticker last I
0: week. gave him a bumper sticker. Oh, He's got go. a Salty that's Dog good. That's sticker. why I'm doing this. It was that's, the bumper sticker. It was that's the, the sticker, yeah. So <laughs> we had to Matthew, get him here somehow. <laughs> Matthew Penner's back, and so we're super excited about that as well. Uh, we had a really good podcast with him. I can't remember what episode it was, but it was Matthew Penner and Jason Regeer, right? Yep, and uh, right. we talked about Kingdom Living. Podcast. That was our second part of Kingdom Living. So yeah, it was absolutely. really good. Okay. I've, I've actually had really good feedback on awesome. that, from, from multiple people, and the Lord's stirring people through that, and so that's really awesome. And we have a, an extra special guest, a first-timer on the Salty Dogs podcast, and Mr. James Weishar. Is that how you say it?
3: Yes. I came because I heard there's a bumper sticker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right. We give away bumper stickers for being guests, and so if you've been a guest on the Salty Dogs podcast and you've not gotten a bumper sticker, hit me up and I'll hook you up.
1: I like that. Yeah. And <laughs> if
0: there's any listeners heard, that want a bumper like sticker. That. Right? Hit yeah, me up they, and I'll hook you but up. But they
1: gotta send in a donation for the free gift.
0: That's right. For thirty nine ninety five, we'll bless you with the Salty Dogs Podcast bumper yeah. sticker. Hey yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too much of that. We were Guys, talking we're, about that. Okay. Yeah. So so let me tell you. Um, we were talking with Matthew Pinner the other day and just kind of having some conversation and saying, Hey man, what, what do you think our topic should be? Like, you know, if you want to come back on, what do you think we should talk about? And so the Lord's really been stirring Matthew Pinner up uh, recently through this book that he's reading. And, uh, today we're going to be talking about the persecuted church. Mm. And, uh, so he suggested, Hey, we need to bring James on and, uh, I think he's going to really have a lot to add. And so we want to give James, uh, just a quick moment, um, you know two minutes or so. Give us the, give us the brief rundown. Uh, I know James from new life equip on Saturday nights that meets at uh, Jesus life 5 PM. Right. Yes. And he's also a part of a missionary in disciple nation, right? Yes. All right. And what's the website for disciple nations? Uh,
3: disciple nations.net.
0: You go, you guys go check that out. Awesome website. Awesome. Um, yeah. resources there. So tell us a little bit yes. about yourself, James.
3: Well, I, uh, my wife and I, we have been in ministry since we got married, and so we are coming up on fifteen years this summer. And so we have done uh, full time ministry since then, and we have uh, been in youth ministry, and we have been in uh, um, we pastored a church for the last several years, and so now we're stepping out of that into uh, more missionary work. Our heart is really to stir the church to uh, be the bride of Christ, who they're made. To be, And so we are coming alongside the church more than uh, simply leading the church mm-hmm. to uh, help them awaken to who they're supposed to be yeah. in mm-hmm. Christ, find their identity, walk in the uh, the gifts that the Lord's given them, walk in the passion that he's placed inside their heart. He's put a uh, mission inside of every believer's heart, and we want to see them awaken uh, to that mission and for the glory of Jesus filling the earth, whether that is uh, something local or that is something abroad. Uh, But either way, and then in the middle of all of this, the Lord just keeps stirring our heart for the persecuted church. It stirs our heart for the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And so we uh, took our whole family of five with our three kids over there last summer. And the Lord Where'd you guys...
0: Oh, you can't tell me where you went. Yeah, we can tell you. Yeah, we
3: were in uh, in Jordan and we were in Lebanon. Okay. And so we were just meeting with the local churches there. And we wanted to, again, just uh, come alongside the church there. And so uh, many... Uh, pastors, even here in the United States, walk a uh, very lonely road. But in the Middle East, it's it's a very, very lonely road. And so yeah. we want to mm. come alongside uh, pastors and their families and really just care for them and uh, serve them, wash their feet. Um, if we could really look at it from that perspective is what we want to really do. And then also our heart is to stir up prayer mm-hmm. and disciple making in uh, some of the... Most difficult places to do that, and so that's what we're doing is coming alongside the church. Yeah, that's awesome. Whether James. it's local or abroad,
0: yeah. absolutely. We, everything you talked about just resonates in my heart. It, it just really reminds me that uh, one we're all part of the same tribe. Yes. Um, there's just this this heart and kind of this resurgence, or even just maybe a, a just a new thing stirring up in in people's hearts who have been in ministry or left ministry and they're saying man, I want to get out and I I want to begin to build up and equip the body so that they can be activated into what the Lord has called them to do. And we talked about that last podcast about activating people into their call based on their gifting and their role to the body. And yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. And
1: James and his wife are so cool, man. And he's right on about what he's saying about activating because, you know, they're he doesn't know, but he holds a special place in my heart because him and his wife actually, they, they spoke, she spoke prophetically into my life and activated inside of me my role and my calling within the kingdom, but then also within the body. And I've been able to, you know, to to, you know, go forth in that and stuff, too. So I really like James and he's a good guy, man. I'm excited that he's here. I'm excited Thank that you. Matt's here, too, but,
0: you know. It's a good crew man it's a good crew, Matthew said something one day he said bro with with the d n crew you you can go deep in this podcast like there there are multiple multiple people that could come on and really uh give um, some wisdom and some experience and that's what salty dogs podcast is all about yeah, is exactly. learning from anybody and so um matthew i'm gonna i'm gonna hand it over to you I'm um, here in just a second but what I want you to do is give us just a real quick um Kind of a a look into what we want for the listener today, because I mean, I I know personally, um, I don't I don't have a lot of experience with persecution. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially in comparison to what's happening overseas and that kind of thing. My first exposure to any kind of persecution that was taking place was going to a. Voice of the Martyrs Conference in Branson, Missouri, probably about two years ago. And I, I literally cried about 95% of the time just because hearing stories is breaking my heart. And so I'm interested um, today in this podcast to be kind of in the listener seat and learn because I, I don't know so much about what's going on. But for the listener out there, um, what do we want for them um, to gain from this conversation tonight
2: yeah it's good and I, I want to say that um, you know even as James and I come our hearts are certainly stirred but we're both learners and I, I, I want to say I, I we approach this very humbly right this is something our, our brothers and sisters are, are there's a lot of tremendous suffering and they're dying and, and being persecuted for our faith and we come in this podcast in a place of freedom and I'm grateful that we have that so I just say it humbly but my own heart you know being a missionary. Um, in the inner city and, and among the poor is where my heart's been locked for 17 years, and and so I think that there's a tendency for us to get focused on what we're called to do, yeah. And and there's um you know and, and another tendency we're we're inundated with news, aren't we? You know, you think of the amount of news that I have access. You know, I can flip through Twitter, or Facebook. And get work, you know, find out what's happening in every single country at every single hour, and so I just think that because of that, I was locked on the inner city thing and what God's doing here. And sometimes it was easy for me to not pay attention, mm-hmm. um, right. and yeah. so that was just kind of, I think it, maybe,
0: I think everybody would say it's easy to not pay attention, it's out e- of sight, out of mind, kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah.
2: so I think I just found myself in the last maybe ten months that God started inviting me into this journey and, and exploring more. My own heart, I think if I'm honest, it, it really was James and Stephanie, them sharing their hearts, going to few prayer times. But really what it was, was, I mean, obviously I have a heart for prayer, but this a book specific, the first book I read was called Killing Christians. And you can find that on Amazon, but it was the second book called The Insanity of God written by Nip Nick Ripken. And I'll just give the, the brief synopsis. He was a a missionary in Africa. The last seven years or so, he was in Somaliland, which is a part of Somalia, and just t- saw tremendous suffering in the early 90s. Hmm. And out of that, um, incredible brokenness and did not see the gospel go forward. And after seven years, they lost their son. And they came home completely burned out and basically saying, God, does the gospel work? Are you still victorious? Are you alive? Wow. And he realized he had to find that out. And so as they talked with some college students, they basically went on a journey that's really been the last 15 to 20 years interviewing hundreds and hundreds of believers. But in that this book, The Instanding of God, the second half of the book, he, he goes to Russia and Ukraine, China, and basically finds out that not only does the gospel endure during persecution it actually thrives Mm -hmm. and that actually is maybe the recipe for incredible gospel explosion and and so just as i read these stories in the last weeks i've just found my heart absolutely gripped and then it's honestly if i'm looking at the scriptures it's like wow this is actually a normal part of the bible that we all know again but it's kind of like it's it's making the books, book of Acts alive for me as I listen to these stories. So that's my. So I guess my hope is as we discuss this, that you, yeah. the listener, mm-hmm. would be engaged and not turn a deaf ear. It's easy, again, more cr- per, per, um, believers are persecuted, more we we see that, but to actually understand and, and invite you in. So as we yeah. share these stories, that's kind of my heart, that you'd be, be engaged a little bit.
0: Sure. Yep. Sounds good. Well, do you have something to say, James?
3: Yeah, I just just for everybody listening as we you hit on something earlier that said out of sight out of mind. Yeah. And I uh I grew up in church and for the most part uh I had that mentality and what I really grew to realize is is over time I realized well those that's so sad. I know nothing to do about that. Mm-hmm. And and so you just ignore it. Uh, but what we really I wanted to emphasize to the listeners today is the persecuted church is still the church. Yeah. And yeah. so we need to recognize that we, we are all when one part of the body Amen. suffers, we all suffer. And, and so the reason I think we even hear these stories and they tear us up is because the spirit of God inside of us causes Absolutely. that because there, we yeah. one part of the body can't be hurting while the other part is ignoring it. Right. Mm-hmm. And More. so we just, just
1: hopefully the Lord even stirs that amongst us today. Yeah. yeah. You know, when, when, you know, mourn with those who are mourning, you know, and celebrate what those are celebrating you know and it is all in unity and you know also uh On this, I think it's going to raise awareness, too, because I think that, um, you know, a lot of people, like you said, out of sight, out of mind, but they just, they don't really get a whole lot of exposure because over here, you know, we're just, it's so, it's so distant to us. It's such a distant thing, you know, in the land that we live in. And, you know, when you go to these other places and certainly you guys can, you know, I don't know if Jason's been to another country, but, you know. Mexico one time
0: (laughs) or twice, (laughs) but that's uh, it. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Uh, but certainly when you get over there, you realize how much you don't, how much, and I want to say this lightly. I thought that I cared about people, you know what I mean, and cared about the church abroad. But when you get there, you realize how much you don't actually care, you know what I mean? And that's part of the heartbreaking part. But I think this is, you know, it's cool to to raise awareness and to talk about these things and get people engaged, man.
0: So, yeah, I agree with you guys. Absolutely. Well, Matthew, get us rolling, bud.
2: Yeah, so here's a let me um, read this was a paragraph here, and then I'll, I've got a point we can jump in on. Just an interesting quote. But this is kind of the end of the book. They said, These believers have also taught me a whole new perspective on persecution. For decades now, many concerned Western believers have sought to rescue their spiritual brothers and sisters around the world who suffer because they choose to follow Jesus. Yet our pilgrimage among house churches and persecution convinced us that God actually wants to use them to save us from the often debilitating and sometimes spiritually fatal effects of our watered down, powerless mm. Western faith. So let me Ouch. talk here about the Chinese. I'll tell one story and then we'll it'll jump. So he Okay part of his journey was in the nineties. So this was, you know, communism was in China for fifty years and so there was missionaries and then they had to leave. And so For 50 years no one knew is the is the gospel going forth and so basically he came right at kind of the end and so the church they had to be really careful um um, and they have always still with the persecution in china but anyway so one of the the statements that was interesting is they talked about our seminary training is when you go to prison that's where you're trained in the Bible, where you're trained as a disciple. And so one of the guys, young man, was was 25 years old, and he came up to Nick that, that wrote the author of this book. And he was just as excited as could be, had plans for a house church. and oh, yeah. And he leaves, and one of the older... You know senior um, members of the Chinese persecuted church said oh he's he's going to be used greatly of God but he hasn't been to prison yet and he's wow. not quite seasoned enough and so that just that thought you know you think of what does it take with qualifications to be a pastor in the American church and listen I this is I don't want to discount our training but it's just an interesting thing to think about their seminary training is prison they don't they don't trust a guy until he's been to prison right i read some of the others they they won't consider a a true believer unless you've led others to the lord and you're actively actively leading a house church those are true believers everybody else is just converts and members so when you're serious is when you've led people to the lord been to prison and just it's an interesting contrast when you think of the christianity that that often we see here
0: that's a really interesting contrast and I don't feel like there's much of a gray area between what I've known versus what I've just heard. Like that's such a major contrast, you know, it just, when I, when I thought about becoming a better quote unquote pastor, um, my first inclination was, well, I'm going to, I'm going to develop a deeper philosophy of ministry Like that was my, this is what I'm going to do. And so, well, I need to figure out where I stand on predestination and I need to figure out, you know, where I stand on, on eldership and deacons and things like that. And so here I am trying to better myself as a pastor, trying to, to lay deeper hold of doctrine, which is a good thing. But in the Chinese persecuted church, they're saying, well, you can have your doctrine down, but if you've not been to prison, if you've not been persecuted, so to speak, and thrived and come out of that, then, you know, we're really not gonna take you seriously here. We're just gonna let the Lord do what he's gonna do in you, kind of thing. And it to me, I just I just had this image in my head as I as I was saying that of a foot coming and stepping down on a flower and trampling on trampling over a flower, but then the flower kind of just coming back up. Right. And so it's whether or not you've been able to so to speak, bounce back or the spirit in you continues to propel you and move you forward, even though you've been trampled on, you know what I mean? And so that, that is an interesting contrast. Hmm. <laughs> Casey's like, what a, am I
1: going to say? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, and I don't, I don't want to go ham on the church. You know what I mean? Cause <laughs> I used to for a while and, but it is real. It's a real thing. And You know, the prison over there versus, you know, the prison of, I don't know, just the prison of wealth that we have here, you know, that keeps us really barred and ch- and, it, and it doesn't it doesn't register you know with with a lot of people just how how different it really is and when you when you by and large when you read the book of acts when you read those kind of stories when you read about all the church fathers when you read about those guys that are dying being killed for their faith you know it's i still i just can't i can't say it enough it just doesn't it doesn't seem real you know coming from where we come from you yeah. know to be prison man you want a deeper relationship with god well you know we could find that in prison for being in
0: prison for it you know let's let's get you locked up first (laughs) james what do you have to say to that story i uh
3: it's hard it's hard to listen to
1: yeah i
3: think uh i think we should recognize that there's a cost in following Jesus. Amen. Yeah. And we need to uh, shore up the cost, and and think about the cost, and say, is Jesus worth it? Amen. And because that's really why they're sitting in prison, right? Is because they they said it's worth it. Jesus is worth it. I'm going to go give this great news away, and if it costs me time in prison, or if it costs me my life. I want other people to hear it and I want Jesus to be glorified on the earth. And so they're willing to step into that. And just here as you, you know, Casey, you were talking about how we have wealth and we have a lot of security and in, in things. And we're, we're pretty guarded from what we would say is, is real persecution. And, and we don't really count the cost. Mm-hmm. We don't really count the cost of following Jesus. Uh, and so for us here to think about, okay, what is my cost? My cost, I mean, there's some things we can begin to really talk about that are really truthful, and um, and they go against some mainstream thought. Yeah. And if we were to actually step out into those things and glorify Jesus by proclaiming the truth of Him in those things, um, there's going to be some, some greater cost for us. I mean, it's still perhaps a slap on the wrist comparatively, but um you know you, people lose jobs and people lose reputations uh for this thing i don't think there's one time the gospel's ever been spoken that persecution hasn't taken place mm. and so even here in the west you know if if we're not facing persecution i think we really need to take a look at ourselves and say am i really even sharing the gospel because i think there'll be persecution anytime and anywhere because it's not just people hating the message there's warfare against the message mm-hmm. there will be persecution wherever it's spoken and so i think we need to even before we go out say am i willing to count this cost um, and go for it because jesus is worthy jesus is um you know desiring all men to be saved he died for all men to be saved and we i don't think we can ignore that fact hmm
2: it's good, you know. that James, as I as we've talked, and this verse, First um, Peter four says, "The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober minded, so that you can pray." And I think there's something that James, just as I hear you, and this cost is, yeah, Jesus is worth it, and I think persecution keeps you humble and keeps you focused on the kingdom of God. And I, I, think, unfortunately, I, I'm in my own life. I, I can get so locked on the kingdom, and then I can also get locked on the American dream, yes, right? Yep. And yes. I want the American dream and the gospel. And some often we've sold that, right? And um, and yet, if I'm honest, when I when I hear you talk, James, I think proclaiming boldly the gospel, living in the fullness of what Jesus has, living the fullness of of prayer. Um, Seeing the kingdom manifest is—I think—we'll face persecution here. Yeah, again, it may yeah. look different, and and I wonder. My—I think often I'm thinking, "Well, is that worth it?" And I shrink back, and I'm thinking that's what my heart's been challenged in the last couple months. Is it's worth everything, and that that's I need to be all in and always and endure.
1: And it is challenging, you know. It is a challenge, and, and I love that what Jesus said: count the cost. You know. Cause you're going to look like a fool if you, if you start something that you're not able to finish and you're going to feel foolish, you know, and I just, and man, this is really challenging me, you know, just even we're only what, 15 minutes in, and this is already challenging me in my spirit, man. Like, am I, you know, and these are good questions to ask, you know, am I committed? And I think a lot of times in my life when I look, I look back and I look, even at the little bit of persecution where I've been ridiculed or something by people because of just saying a couple things about Jesus. And you're absolutely right, James, you know, it it does bring a persecution and it will, you know, and I just think I'm like, man, and I'm somewhat in a sense, I'm envious, you know, of churches and other places. Like when I went to India and I'm talking to these pastors and I'm like, man, and they want to be like us. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, you guys have no idea how, here you have it right now you know and i i find myself being envious of that kind of of living in that kind of situation but then i find myself not being envious yeah. of it just, because i live
0: here you know like, paint us a picture real quick because you did a really good job of kind of describing some of the places where they held worship and some of the stuff that was going on and so talk about where they were but then kind of some of the requests that they were making that was going to kind of elevate what they were doing and how you were like no
1: yeah and you know uh going there was really and everybody you know oh, it was so eye opening it was it was night and day and you know they're they're living in shacks you know what I mean they're living in the dirt they're living in Poor, they you know, and and so India, it's a really dark, dark place. When you get there, you know, you uh, you literally feel an overwhelming so, so sense of idolatry, and you know, because they're worshiping pagan gods, they're you know, it's demonic, and so it's 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 just a country enshrouded in darkness. And so when I get there, you know, and uh, pain like what what where they're at, like in a sense of,
0: well, I mean, just the work because it's something I remember you saying was that they kept asking for money so they could buy. St- um, sound yeah. systems and microphones. All, yeah,
1: and, and so I'd go to these churches where you know a lot of the times it was just a tarp or two tarps strewn across the ground and a handful of believers. You know what I mean? And and I'm sitting here asking them, you know, hey, what what are the needs? You know, what what is a need that you have? And and their their fixation on well, we need a sound system. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, we need a sound system so we could. I'm like, that does, you have a church of twelve people. I literally just sat here and and you know preached for at you know i didn't even have to raise my voice what do you need a sound system you know like the fixation on buildings and and you know just just sound systems and all these crazy things they have this you know our western thought of of how to do ministry has crept into these places and in my opinion it's 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 you know causing impurity and you know and so and the, so and for the, you, and the what... money you know even the money all they were asking for
0: was money 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 you know mm-hmm. and, and to me it was just so what was more? What because you said something about it just seemed more pure. So what was kind of more pure about that for you? No
1: distraction. You know what I mean. They don't have anything there to be distracted by. In a sense of you know, of course they have jobs or they have tasks or they have school or whatever they have to. But but for the most part, there it's not this insane amount of. Of just you know media and so mm-hmm. so you know cult, just a society that we have there's none of there's really none of that there I mean there's a lot of places that are overcrowded but you go out to these villages they don't have you don't have TVs man you don't have nothing you know they have nothing and to me I, I found myself uh you know just coming to a new place with God and so when I found that place and I saw God moving in those places I was like man I wish that I could experience this in America. You know, because they, it is pure there. It is a pure, and you know they are. They're not being persecuted. to... Well, they have. When I was there, they were burning churches up in the north part. You know what I mean? And, so it hadn't reached that. But region it hasn't just yet. really but they still look at you strange when you're a christian and they they and when you're a christian and you leave the family it's a, it's a dishonor you know and the, you're excommunicated it's really weird over there they want hindutva they want christian you know they don't they want hindu only they don't want christians there you know and so it's it's starting to get to a point where you know Son, brother sunji sent me a I shared that text with you, that message where it was that flyer telling them to leave their homes if they're Christian, you know what I yeah. mean? Or convert back to Hinduism, you know? And so, mm-hmm. but the purity there anyway, I don't know. I don't want to make this about me. I'm just saying.
0: That's fine. I just thought it was interesting that you just said you kind of crave that. And because, yeah, I mean, I, I think for the, something I was going to ask, and I really didn't know how to phrase the question, but you know, I hear about, I've heard stories of persecution. Um, being at the Voice of the Martyrs Conference. I mean, you've, you've told me a couple stories, Matthew, and, you know, it just kind of blows my mind, you know, and, and I just, I guess I kind of wonder, and, you know, James was talking about counting the cost as well, and so I just kind of wonder what it is about myself and maybe what you think it is about yourself that maybe just kind of holds you back a little bit. I mean, because I know, I, I, I talked about this on Sunday, um, in first Peter chapter one, verse 17, um, it says, since therefore you, you serve a God who, um, judges each man impartially, um, it says live in reverent fears, foreigners. And so we started talking a little bit about living as a foreigner. And so that means that, uh, or living as a stranger, living as an exile. And so as we're here in this world, the, the world and its ways and its systems, And this worldly culture, and essentially we started talking about Babylonian system that is set up by sin for sin and is all about self, is completely, totally contrary to God. That somehow I've managed to bring with me some Babylonian system as I move forward as a Christian. And so that I have a deep longing to shed and leave as much of that behind as I can. But I talked about how if I get a headache, I take Tylenol. If I'm sleeping in the morning, I drink caffeine. You know, if, if I'm really exhausted, I take a nap. It, you know, if I'm hungry, I go and I not only eat, but I stuff myself. And so I've created a certain level of comfort for myself that has been really difficult for me to leave behind. And so with with all that said, how do we kind of move forward past all of that and really count the cost and say, yes, Lord, like, I mean, practically if, if at all possible. And then maybe how that, how that feeds into, to the, the conversation that we're having.
3: I, uh, I don't really have an answer to that because I'm still struggling with <laughs> the same str- things, yeah. but what
0: teaches your ways, James, what
3: comes, well, these are Jesus's ways. What comes to my mind is, is you you die to self, yeah, and I don't even know how to really truly die to myself. I just have to cry out to God and say, "Help me die, I want to live for you and mm-hmm. in in that, I begin Gosh. to think through um, because he's faithful to answer that prayer, and it actually becomes quite painful in my life when he begins to answer yeah. that prayer because well, dying's painful, and but what it produces in in the uh in the outflow is life. I mean, Jesus Jesus calls himself, I, I, am, I am eternal life. And that begins to to produce in me a seed that grows and, and life begins to flourish inside of me. Um, and that's the only real answer I have to that is, Lord, um, my old nature needs slayed And um, I'm going to live for you. And so I'm going to put to death those things. And I'm going to really need your help because I love those things. And I really love my comfort. And so just over time in my life, the Lord, just when you give him permission, and I don't have any of this figured out. I really don't. Um, But as I give him permission, he begins to shake my life. And I remember him asking us, to move across town and put our house on the market when there's no houses to purchase mm-hmm. and begin to just trust him in little things. And, and you just begin to, uh, walk through, what it those little steps of obedience and say, okay, well, I ask for this and now it's happening. Do I really want this? And do I really yeah. want Jesus? And if I do, I'm going to step into this most uncomfortable thing. I remember there was a couple of years in my life, uh, a couple of years back, most days were filled with weeping. Wow. And just the Lord was taking me through, uh, the dying process and life began producing in me. And I mean, I, I, I want that for every believer. I don't want them to go through all of the pain I felt because I had a lot of selfishness that really had to die. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if everybody really has all that, but um, for me, it was, it was miserable and I would go through it again. Absolutely. It wow. was worth it because yeah. I, I got Jesus's heart out of the deal and I got Jesus. I fell in love with Jesus hmm. through the process. And suffering. Yeah. Em- although yeah. there's emotional, the suffering, suffering in me did something. I mean, even what is a, there's a scripture I don't remember exactly. So I'm not going to look it up. But it, it says Jesus was even taught obedience, obedience through obedience. suffering. Yep. And so if Jesus was taught obedience through suffering. Well, how do you think our obedience is going to come? How yeah. are we going to really learn to live for Jesus unless we're going to suffer?
1: Right. And you look at you look at God the Father and and you know uh, what Jesus went through and why would it be any different for any other son of God? You know what I mean? If the if the archetype Amen. of us had to do what he had to do. You know, why would it be different for us? And why should we expect anything less? And man, I'm right there with you, bro, because I, there's years of years of my life and I'm just now coming out of that season, but there was years of my life, man, where I was completely broken before the Lord and God was crushing my life and mm. destroying it, you know, everything that I was that I was. But out of it, man, I would uh, you were absolutely and I that hit home with me, James. Like I would do that again, you know yeah. what I mean? Just to just to be in the place that I was when I came out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And,
0: let me read that verse. I I actually referred to that last night. It's in Hebrews 5. Um, in the days of his flesh, uh, verse 7, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was be- he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And so, you know, you just, you. I, w- I wanted to try and quote a couple of verses just because I don't completely know them verbatim. But, sure. you know, talking about dying to self, um, there's a scripture that says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground yep. and dies, it's not going to produce a harvest. And the other one, Jesus just said, you know, if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. If you try and save your own life for you, you you're going to lose it. Um, if any man would come after me, he must take up his cross daily, die to self, and follow me, right? Yeah. There's in, in some way or another, but you're talking about this this time of weeping and dying where there's this life that came out of you. And so just to kind of bring that all back into context, I think that the persecuted church— um, do you feel like there's more of a cost for them than there is for a cost for us? Well, I think and, and it's it's kind of a weird question to ask. Maybe I didn't ask it right, but how would you answer that?
3: I, I think there is probably a higher cost for them only because, you know, in the Middle East there's, there's laws in place to, uh, I mean, you can, you can kill your family. If they convert to Christianity, and so that's not, legally, lawfully. Yeah, legally and lawfully, and no one's no one's gonna say anything against that. And Gosh. so it's not just, um, you know, you get uh, things taken. Like here in America, you know, there's you get brought front and center if you do something really public, and you know, and some things might happen. But that that might happen, and nobody even knows that that person, that family member's just gone. And you know, there's a. So it's not only within your own family, but I remember um, in one of the countries, someone just shared something on Facebook and they were on their way to to court uh, to be tried in law and someone put a bullet in their head. And, you know, they might get a couple days in prison for that, Um, you know, slap on the wrist for... For, a christian yeah for killing somebody in public but um but it's but it's legal and so it's I, the only reason I think it's it's a a higher cost is because it's it's everywhere and it's against the law to do it here in America it's not against the law to 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 tell somebody about jesus yeah. and so it's it's an interesting dynamic for sure yeah, one of the things Jason I
2: wanted to jump you were talking about just yeah, in this cost, um, and this whole idea of you know dying to self, dying and and you know those verses you were quoting. You know, one of the things that I wrestle, or we think of the metrics of of what we are bearing fruit is, a lot of it's numbers or growing a ministry, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and and yet you look at the life of Jesus, and it was Jesus would always get big crowds. It seems like often the pattern was. When he got big crowds, have really hard things to say, and then let them leave, right? Or get a crowd, and then, oh, disciples, we got to go to the other side of the lake. It was never to entertain the crowds or, or yeah. draw crowds, and 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 so that's when I, again you you wrestle with those those truths, and you just look at the the persecuted church. Church, it's the stories I was just scripted. It's nonstop suffering. It's being in the hidden place year after year after year, and yet great freedom to share their faith and undergo hard things, and yet the gospel spread. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. You know, this verse I shared, it was actually in a time James and I were just Praying and sharing together, and and I think Jason, you ask again, what's I think this this comfort we all have, where our lives are insulated, right, with comfort, not nice bed, food. I mean, we just have it all, everything, everything. And and the question you say, what do we do? I think that the idea of uh, fasting for me has been this thing of saying no, and um, but uh, Hebrews twelve eleven says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So, as I've been challenged by these truths, these last weeks, these stories, I think, yeah, I, I sometimes it's hard for me to know what to do and reconcile, but I know that I need to embrace um, suffering, mm-hmm. embrace this discipline of the Lord, and and I can choose to endure it and and head the way of the cross by denying myself by saying no to things by intentionally suffering, getting up early to pray. Or there are times what James, what you mentioned where the Lord will bring us under that. You know, that's the time when my brother passed away and had years of kind of that wilderness. That was a time of discipline. The Lord brought me under. Right. Um, But I think there's, I guess I, I will find myself not intentionally going that way. And what I think I'm challenging myself is I need to intentionally be under the discipline of the Lord. Again, through fasting, prayer, whatever it is, but denying myself. And, and I can only do that by the grace of God. Yeah, that's right.
1: What are you looking at over there, James?
2: I was
3: just, just as we've been talking, just through suffering, just through obedience, and um, Jesus just talks about how we're going to be sent out as sheep among the wolves mm-hmm. for the sake of his name, and uh, to think that we're not going to face these things, whether it's suffering in our in our personal lives or persecution, uh, for for talking about the faith just for us to think that we can escape that yeah. I mean Jesus said very clearly a disciple is not above his teacher and uh, it's enough to be like him or the servant like his master but to think to think that we could escape it is really not right thinking
2: hmm. and
3: Jesus said it's gonna it's it's enough to be like me don't don't think you're going to be above me. Yeah. If I did it, it's going to happen to you too because you're because you're becoming Christ-like. I remember there was a long time in my life when I would think about sharing my faith and um in fact I was actually taught this. And they said, "Well, if you go out and you share your faith and people people reject that message, it's okay because they're not really rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus." And I walked around with that for a while, thinking, "Well, that's okay, you know. I'll just share my faith." And man, that's too bad—they're rejecting Jesus. At least I wasn't rejected—is really the outcome of that message. And I'm, you know, and I remember the Lord finally telling me, "You're associated with me, yeah. You know? And wow. if they're rejecting you uh, or rejecting me, they're also rejecting you, and you need to get over that. Yeah, and and quit. Wow. And so." I don't know. It's just kind of fun to become like your teacher or the servant like his master. Grasshopper.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, It's good. You know, those, the, the Matthew 10. And I think, were you quoting in Luke, Luke, maybe 11. And, um, I don't know where you were at.
3: I think I was in Matthew 10. No, you were in Matthew 10 yeah. too.
2: So, you know, it's easy with my heart to see the kingdom come. It's easy to look at the beginning verses, right? Jesus called the 12 and he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits, heal diseases and sicknesses. I, I love those. But then it's when you jump down quickly, he says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Mm. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues, right? That's, he just tells them straight he up. He just tells them straight up. So you're going to have great power. You're going to you're going to do these great things, right? And again, I think... It, it, and so when I read these stories, and here I realize this is the normal Christian experience for the majority right. of the world. As you see great power, right? When they're sharing the power of God's on, and pe- the sick are healed, the dead are raised, and they're also going to be flogged, just like... And, and you read that in Acts. It was the normal thing there. And so I think... Again, I'm trying to wrap my mind around this and not, not yeah, shrink back from that. I yeah, guess and let's
1: just call it what it is, man. Like we're is if that's normal Christianity, am I being a normal Christian? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And. You know, not to throw stones or whatever. You know what I mean. But that's a, that's a, that is a challenge. You know, if Jesus is telling these people, "Look, you're gonna you're, you're gonna get beat up, you're gonna get in prison," but over here, you know, we're soft, man. Over here, and I believe that wholeheartedly. And I'm not gonna apologize to anybody for saying that about the church in America. I will not apologize. We are soft, and we have too long. You know, we we've just sat underneath this umbrella. You know what I mean? And just getting fat and sassy. That's all we. That's all we're doing. You know, and so. Man, the the affliction in my experience has always created the yearning, you know what I mean? And when you find the yearning, you find the seeking. When you find the seeking, you find God, mm-hmm. you know? And so how can, you know, we're not adapting this kind of mindset. We're not adapting the mindset of, you know what, God, let me suffer so that I can know you more. It's, mm-hmm. no, God, show me your ways, but, but please just do it by Gosh. blessing me and blessing me. Only. Mm-hmm. only blessing, please. Just I can't really handle anything else. You know, and I've been guilty of that. I'm not saying, you know, I, I'm telling, I'm talking about myself here too, you know what I mean? we need to get out of that. So we need to be in our renewed mind. And I think that this is a lesson that the persecuted church abroad can teach us. Look, yes. man, this is the way it's supposed to be. And you're right, James. Why would we ever think, why would we ever think that we that it would be different for us? And if we are thinking that, then we're thinking that we're above the master, man. I mean, that's, that's right. A, and we're also making this world
3: our home. You oh, know? I mean, we have yeah. we have such great comfort here in the United States. And to think that this peace should should last and that we should... Is, is is it's really indicative of the fact that we we do long for peace it's just the peace is first of all a person named Jesus he yeah, yeah. he gives that to us but also uh it's we're longing for eternity mm. and and yeah. we have to recognize reality as Matthew said yeah is this is normal christian life is is to push the gospel and advance the kingdom. Uh, and and so Jesus is doing that and he's looking for people who are willing to to move into that, into that normalcy and give up temporary peace so they can gain what will not fade or or perish, which is
2: lasting peace that comes through him. Amen. Just to, to quote, you know, I, I said normal Christianity and people will say, well this isn't maybe normal of what I've seen, but in the the book and the the second one they do the insanity of obedience, he quotes um, this guy Paul Marshall of Freedom House, and they said 80% of the world's believers who are practicing their faith live in persecution. Mm-hmm. So 80%. Wow. So he, again, he defines that a believer as somebody that's actively you know following Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, so this is not just a lukewarm. They're saying somebody that really is going to church, active as a disciple, sharing their faith. 80% of those believers undergo persecution. So that's mm. whether that stat, this is this guy quoting, but that shows that if we're not in undergoing persecution, we are definitely in the minority of what has been normal in the world. Yeah. Wow.
0: There's Philippians 3, verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So even the apostle Paul in writing is saying, I, w- I want to know the Lord and I want to know his suffering as well. So that that was a desire that Paul had. And I can tell you, I don't, I don't want to know suffering. I don't want to be well acquainted with discomfort and pain. No, I.
1: but it's necessary. It is, it is so necessary, you know, and to know the power of, you know blessed are you when you've been when you're reviled because of me you know what i mean it's the power of god that comes through and that carries you through in those times man and what a you know and i'm not saying seeking after a high but can you imagine can you imagine the way that these people are feeling when they're being persecuted for their faith, but like what carries them through, you know what I mean? Cause you're thinking about it. You're like, man, how do they endure those kind of things being chopped up and, you know, getting their wigs split and all sorts of different things. You know, how do they endure that kind of stuff, man? It can't be anything else but the power of God. And so if we're not experiencing persecution, this is why I was saying that I was kind of envious, you know what I mean? In a, in a sense, which is kind of sick if you think about it, but in a, in a way, you know, envious of, Man, I want what they have. You know, I want to see that kind of relationship. You know, and because I feel so stagnant sometimes, and so pampered, and so you know, distracted that I'm not even, I'm not even, I, I don't even feel sometimes like I'm an actual Christian. Sometimes, I'm like, man, is this is this even real to me? And so I'm so envious sometimes of that. And I'm not saying that I that I that I'm glad that they're suffering, but man, like to know that kind of relationship, you know, to deepen that and to broaden that, you know.
0: I just. I, I I could I could go into detail about the kind of message that we've portrayed as the gospel, different watered down versions. You know, prosperity. There's a lot of stuff out there, right. different gospels. But I mean, what is what is the real message of Christ? Like, somebody just lay it out there for me, because it's it's not pretty. It's offensive. It's not, and everybody uses this phrase it's not come to Jesus and everything's going to be butterflies and rainbows, right? But what if we left out? And, you know, why are we, I guess, afraid to put forth that message of death? I mean, the gospel is good news, but it's a message of death. And Jesus said, Come to me and die to yourself. Lose your life. Take up a cross. Take up a cross. Hate your mother, father. I mean, these were hard teachings. Yeah. And there were probably not a lot of people raising their hand. Like, I want that. Yeah. You know? And obviously, I mean, it's revealed by the Father. The Holy Spirit comes in, regenerates. By it we cry, Abba, Father. We're sons. So then we desire our Lord. And so even as like the spirit in me is is now longing for the deeper relationship and suffering and true knowledge of the father and power of the spirit for the gospel of jesus that in me is yearning but i can tell you when i walk out this door you know it's i go back to my my air conditioned home i go back to my my soft mattress i go back to my hot and cold water you know, I go back to these things, and so it's kind of like how—just somebody. How do we
1: escape? You know, how yeah. do we escape that mind frame?
0: Well, some—just somebody—give me the message. What does it need to sound like, in contrast to what it has been sounding like?
1: Go on, you got James. James? I've seen it. I've seen it. I saw the twinkle in his eye. Nobody wants to tackle it. <laughs> that was for you, Casey. I'm Just kidding.
2: <laughs> you got some, James? I've got. Mark 8 as well. Go ahead. I was, I'll read I was that, that read and then You want to jump? Sure. Yeah, let's just, I'll read this. And I mean, we've already talked some, but Mark 8, you know, the heart of the gospel here, heart of discipleship. Jesus says, he then began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed. And after three days rise again, he spoke plainly about this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan. He said, you do not have in mind the concerns of the God, but merely human concerns. Hmm. Then he called the crowd and he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves hmm. and take up their cross and follow me. And he, he goes on. And I think that's the heart of the gospel. The heart of discipleship yeah. is, is having the things of, of God which means laying down everything that I have, every single comfort, all of my rights. As an American, right, I, I want rights, but it's laying down absolutely everything, yeah. everything that I have laying down and saying, Jesus, my life is absolutely yours at every moment, my money, my house. And again, we say that, we surrender, but that's actually what it is. It's really not caring about my individual rights. Right. And and so, I don't know, James. And, right.
0: that, and that sounds... To some people, that sounds terrible. So what? Why? Why do we do this?
3: We do it because we we have to have it. We have. I mean, we we die apart from Him without it. I mean, but that's not our necessarily our motivation. Hopefully, because we don't even want to be motivated by what we get, but what what He gets, and He He calls us. It. His inheritance Hmm. and we get to call him our inheritance and so when we were separated from him scripture says in Romans 5 8 um, while we were still separated Christ died for us in our sin while we were weak while we were far away we didn't even recognize we needed saving God did something for mankind and he and he did it so that sin could be swallowed up in victory. And so sin doesn't actually have to uh, lead to our death. That Instead, we can have uh, life everlasting in Jesus and that we can have, we can rejoice and know and have the presence of God living inside of us there through faith. Um, he, I mean, we see in scripture all the time. I mean, Matthew and I have talked about this a lot of the heart of God is the heart of a father who runs out of his house to his wayward child Mm -hmm. in order to bring them uh, back to himself. And when, when we come back, it's not that, well, you look what you did. You really, you ruined all of my life and I had to give you all of these things. And what'd you do with it? You wasted it and stays like, come back. Let's throw a party. What was lost is now found. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's what God has done for us. He has, he has taken what is far off and separated we are incapable of getting to him and while we were weak. He, at the right time he died for us yeah. and to re- we have to, but in that we have to recognize, okay, well I was weak and I was separated and we don't have any righteousness for him to look at and say, well that I'll accept that. There's just nothing there. In fact, all we do is we bring filthy rags to him <laughs> and he's like, why are you bringing me such filth? Do you think that's righteous? And I say that, I don't say that condescendingly. I recognize that's what the Lord really taught me. I grew up in church and I did all the right things and I lived quite a quite a decent moral life for the most part and I used to think, "Well, I, God, what about this?" And mm-hmm. like, "Don't bring me that." Not I mean, get that he out of my house. That's right. He didn't do it rudely. He did it lovingly. But I'm summarizing. <laughs> it's in it's my like
0: own. a it's like a dog bringing a dead bird or a dead rat, you know, to the back door, that's and right. it's like, master, look what I brought you. <laughs> like, get, get that off my deck, get, please. Get <laughs> Thank you.
1: like <laughs> you know, but why do we do it? You know. I know I know this. I don't know a whole lot in my life, you know what I mean? I've I've made some poor decisions and I've done a whole lot of stuff, but I do know this that a life a life apart from God is no life at all, yeah. you know what I mean? And I've seen the worst, you know what I mean? And that's the burning passion that has to be man to know that we've been brought back into the fold mm. and that God has done it cost God you know, when a lot of and I want to talk about not I'm not going to go on very much about this, but you know, a lot of people say, well, what did Jesus give up? You know, when I mean? it says when well, he's given up, all these things or did, oh, did he give up his godness? Did he give up his his rights as God? You know, whatever. But I think what it really what it gave what he gave up was the life of God. It cost God his eternal life. Right? He had to die. At so, you know what I mean? And so it cost him life, you know. And so such a great cost you and, and to know what he did and to recognize what he did, you know, and t- to bring us back, you know, when he could have just let us go, you know. And that has to be the forefront, you know, of, of why we do that. Why do we do this? Because people need to know. That's mm-hmm. why. Because they're in darkness and they're in blindness and they yes. need to know, you know. And the self is, gets in the way. The self, it is self. And, you know, and it's funny because I, I just... Jason doesn't like the faith flip, but, but (laughs) I, Hey, you know what? Matt's been sitting here the whole time. I didn't, I did not, I, my Bible has been sitting on this the entire time and it's in Colossians Colossians 3-4 through 4, right in front of me it's talking about everything we were just talking about, yeah. talking about put to death therefore, you know, the things that are in you and even mm-hmm. still on the f- further instructions right here which is what I wanted to go into about what can we do for the persecuted because you said something very interesting before the before the podcast started was that we think that we need to be sending money and help and aid and all these things to people when actually that's the furthest thing from, you know, what they need Because yeah. and I wanted to talk about this a little but to but right here in Colossians 4 uh, 2 through 6 Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open us uh, open us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, mm-hmm. on account of which I am in prison, that mm-hmm. I may speak it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders and making the best use of the time. Let your spe- speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer to each person. He didn't ask for money. He didn't ask for any of those things. He asked for prayer for an open door. That's all mm. we should be asking wow. for. And when I see, when I see. And just like my experience with the pastors in India, you know, we gave them money, you know what I mean? And I saw what happened, what money does to a man, what greed does to yes. a man. It stirs something up that it causes people to go astray. You, you take fat sums of money over to a place like that, and you watch quickly how much it will destroy a man, you know what I mean? And we saw that, Jason, mm, you know, yeah. what I mean? we, we, and we're still dealing with that in a yeah. sense, you know, and I, you, you, it, I, we thought it was a good idea. You know, let's just give them a fat sack of cash and and see what happens. And it didn't work out the way that we thought, you know. And so prayer, prayer, prayer. Yes. You know, thinking about them even encouraging them you know what I mean I, I talk to Sunji all the time man and I'm getting I'm getting upset right now because I don't talk to him enough mm. you know what I mean like and he's out there he goes into the into the into the woods into India into these these far distant villages reaching people for the gospel and I don't even talk to the guy hardly ever you know what I mean yeah and, and to to encourage him to mm. encourage our brothers yeah. and, our, and our sisters who are dying over there and who Amen. are doing it because you know what I'm, I'm not doing it
2: sometimes man you yeah. know yeah yeah James I think it'd be you know as we talk about ways we can be involved. The one thing I'll say, and then James, I'd love to hear just your journey from what you and Stephanie have been called to do. But you know, the one thing that he, he says what we should all do is the persecuted church said, we are in persecution so that you can share the gospel in freedom, right? That we mm-hmm. have freedom. So let's be mindful. How do we stand with them? By boldly demonstrating the gospel and sharing. So that's the one thing, but James, I'd love to hear what it, what if you know, you were over there on your trip. You guys were even praying, do we go there? And, and yeah, just your story so moved me, what they asked, and what you guys have been even called to do Thursday nights at your home.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, being here, you know, you, you kind of have the general mindset of what you, you do think uh, they may need. And obviously, you know, we have a heart to see prayer increase and disciple-making increase, and so we go, um, but just really being there and saying, okay, Lord, well, we want to be humble and we want to serve instead of simply take our ideas and try to force them upon people. And, uh, we're Americans, we get stuff done. Right. Right. So, um, but just being there watching and, uh, so, so I'm observing some, praying, some, trying to engage, um, what, what really comes out of every conversation, it didn't matter which country I was in. In fact, one guy just, just full on, I mean, he's underground church. He's, he's hidden, you know, no one, no one knows what he's doing. And, uh, and he's, um, and he he didn't have money. I mean, people, I mean, the word got out that he can, you know, when he prays, people get delivered. and, And so they start calling him to some, quite a, quite a drive hour or two away. And, and so you start, you know, using up all your money and gas and, and he, and and he realized, I don't don't even have money to do that. I have to rely upon the Lord to bring money. But so my natural instinct, well, he needs money. And, and so just in this conversation, um, we just, we just told him, you know, we've been praying. He goes, Good, you know, like I mean, just with joy, like joy comes on him, in in that, and he and he just calls us out. And he says, "That's what we need from America." Wow, is your prayers? We don't need your money. We need you to pray for us. That is your that is your work, America. Pray for us. And that was just, I mean, we had my wife and I had already been feeling that okay, the Lord has begun to put assignment on us to pray. For, for this region and for uh, the gospel move forward and for the church. But when he just, just full on said, um, this is what you're to be doing. If you could do anything, it's pray for us. And, and so we came back and we, we knew, like we were just, just in visiting other countries. It was just very clear. The Lord said, I just want you to pray and I want you to stir the church to pray. And so we've been doing that, as Matthew was alluding to, um, weekly in our home on Thursday nights, we gather, uh, with whoever will be there. And we, we do, we pray for, for the church in the Middle East. Um, but we even call people to pray. And so if anybody listening wants to set an alarm on their phone, it, uh, for here in central time, uh, eight o'clock at night is, you know, eight, we're eight hours behind the Middle East. And, and so, you know, roughly in the summer, those first calls to prayer over the city, uh, for Islam goes out about Four between four and five in the morning, and so we want to uh, pray before then um for the Lord to to break through into that day before darkness is again swept over. And so we we do two things: we pray daily, and we pray in our home weekly with other people.
2: And so you pray; you're setting your alarm just at eight o'clock. Yeah, it just, just ding, so it, it just
1: dings at me, and uh,
3: you know well, several other people. It's seven
1: fifty-one right now. I right? know. I know
3: we're, we're getting close. We're going to get to pray on the and podcast so, for, for, yeah, that's it's tight. Yeah. And, uh, but just knowing, okay, well, what we're doing is the very thing that they actually request. And and so when we first came back and we started doing this, we started praying consistently. There was a real season where we're like, we're not doing anything. <laughs> like, again, we're Americans. We like to get stuff done. I, I need to accomplish something. We want to see immediate fruit. Yes. And so we started results realizing what we're doing is the most important thing. You know, we we look at prayer and we say, well that's not really a thing. You know, that's yes, it's something we should be doing, but it's not getting stuff done. It's not an actual thing to accomplish. Then we realize what prayer is and we're talking Entering I mean we have unlimited access to the throne of God. He made a way where we can approach the throne of grace with confidence in unlimited measure. We can come there continually before him and cry out. And if we're willing to do that, we're I mean it's spiritual warfare. Like we can actually ask God to move and he's willing to listen and do that. I mean
1: like Who who are we
3: as men to be able to do this? But yet God made a way, and he honors when we pray. In fact, he says, if my people who are are called by my name will humble themselves and cry out to me. Like he desires this kind of interaction. He longs to move. I think he longs to move on the earth, and he's waiting for people to even pray and cry out to him to do it.
2: And then he shifts things in those prayers. He listens. And one of the things, you know, I've been a handful of times, so... We I go there and, and one of the times so they get requests and so one of the requests was for a family member that is one of the countries. They didn't have any water, right? And they had already been praying. So that night Yeah you know, ISIS cut off water. ISIS cut off water in Syria, right? Mm-hmm. I think we can say that. Yep. And 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 so it's in and so ISIS has cut it off and so we're praying and so you know, we get the word out. We're in Isaiah prophesying, reading these scriptures, and there was a roar as we, you know, I think it, you're partnering with the Lord, and yeah. there was something that faith filled this living room, right? You realize that this, we are seated in the heavenly place, and it's like, no, I, we're here, we're in the presence of Jesus, and we're just declaring the words of God back to Him, and, and talking, and and it's not till the next day, I, I mean, right away, the next day, we find out, yeah. what, James, what was the
3: yeah. And so in fact, same day. So like, again, that eight hour difference, we were praying early morning. And so later that day we get uh, a call from our friend who's in, who's not in Syria, but his family is, is still there. And and his only response was thanks for praying water in, into Syria. My family has water. Wow. And, and so just, I mean, that's a, just knowing okay, we well we have assignment. Not only my wife and I specifically have assignment, but here in America, if we would actually take up this role and so Hebrews thirteen three says, Remember those in prison as if you were there in prison with them mm-hmm. and so prayer is that place where that interaction I think that begins to take place. When we say, Well, we have all these comforts, how do we get past all these comforts? And 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 Casey, you were saying earlier, man, I just need a little bit of what they have. I think in prayer, that interaction begins to take place. Amen. That's we it. we yeah. begin to get their faith. It's great faith. They have so much faith. Yes, they do. And we begin to receive that. And we begin to send them comfort when we pray. Mm. And the Lord just does this. It's an exchange. This, yes. It's an amazing and thing. And, and in the spiritual realm, that's God tribute. is moving those things. And that's how we stand shoulder to shoulder with the persecuted church is, is just by crying out to God on their behalf.
1: It, that's trippy, man. I love that. It is, but it's true. Like, we that. keep seeing it over and over and over again. True. They give us, the, they, they exchange our, their faith with us and we exchange our comfort. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's not like we get on a plane and we go sit in prison with them and bring encourage. I mean, I guess, maybe, but we, I mean, even as you were saying, Voice of the Martyrs, I mean, they encourage letter writing. We can write letters of encouragement and send it, Yeah. you know? And so, I mean, that's another way to do it. But man, prayer releases than the power of God, you know, and so it just it's quite a privilege to say um, we can pray when we and we have to get past the fact that it's not really doing anything; it's actually doing a lot,
1: a lot more than we could ever accomplish.
3: Yeah,
2: I think that's again the the warfare. The Lord, the enemy doesn't want us praying, so we're distracted, exactly, and and not sober minded, very distracted, so that I can't pray. And so that's right. why again this sober minded clarity, what, so I can pray.
3: Yeah, mm. that's right. Mm. Amen. No, it just, man, just hits me again. Yes, that's right. I'm encouraged to pray
2: again. Yeah. amen
1: I'm encouraged to pray I'm encouraged to
3: pray
2: yeah, sober mind yeah. I think that's a thing that we just say let's pray for clarity of mind and again for me the simple thing is I just I'm in these stories as I read these stories it's making me sober about my own life right mm. and it really as I read wow. these stories I entered mm. a prayer and again just the last week and it was like wow I've been kind of saturating myself in these stories I'm listening to the book of acts and then when I'm hearing real things to pray about I'm my faith is kind of primed. It's been pump. You know, I'm ready to enter right in. I'm not cold because I'm actually. Yeah. I'm, I've been engaging my heart a little bit in these yeah, stories. Gosh,
1: and that's and that speaks to me too because like just the past couple of days, I've been feeling so off, man. I'm like, golly, I, I'm just not feeling them around me. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm kind of like, ugh, you know. And then you get to the podcast, and I'm like, man, I don't, I got nothing to give. And then I get encouraged, and now my, you know, like yeah. I'm encouraged. I'm like, okay. There it is, you know what I mean, and so now, like you say, you get encouraged to pray. You get around believers. You get, you talk about these serious things, these these awesome, glorious things, and then you get encouraged, and you're like, "Oh man, okay, there, we're back, baby." You know, what I mean?
0: <laughs> it's time to go. You know, there's there's life again, Amen. This is yeah. what Scripture talks about: iron iron sharpening iron. Yeah, you know, we sharpen each other. We we quicken each other in the Spirit. And the spirit through our giftings, just stirs up faith and hope rises and joy and, and all these things. Mission.
1: Yeah.
3: yep.
0: Let's,
1: uh, let's close the prayer by, by, or I mean, close the podcast with with the prayer that you guys do at eight o'clock. Cause that's, I mean, it's almost eight o'clock anyway, bro. Cool. Go ahead, James. Yeah.
3: Well, we have a lot. I just want to read one more thing for, for listeners. This is probably one of the things that first, I I guess say, I say messed me up a little bit for, that's awesome for, uh, in regards to persecution, I remember, um, someone talking about, uh, persecution hitting their, their village and, um, and, and the natural response was, um, this is so sad. This is so, so horrible what has taken place. And people, I think, I think the story was regarding some people were burned and, um, the mother of this, uh, young lady said, no, 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 blessed, we're blessed, are blessed yeah. and uh and so Goodness. Jesus even said in the uh, in the beatitudes it says blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account rejoice and be glad and doesn't that just I need to rejo- <laughs> rejoice, rejoice. Like it, it man, there. it really messes Gosh. with your flesh. Yeah. Um, for your reward is great in heaven mm. for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And if I may, I want to read one more thing. I, back in April, um, when the, uh, in Egypt, when they went on Palm Sunday, when they were, um, when they were bombed, mm-hmm. I sent an email to, a. Uh, to a brother in the Lord down there that I know. And I just said, Hey, we want you to know we're praying for you. And, uh, and we just, we really just care about the, your country and we care about the the church down there and that you're not standing alone in that. And he sent me back some, some things regarding what took place there and some things that aren't really reported in the media. And then he shared, uh, actually a video and then he shared something else. There was at the funerals. Uh, of the people, he says this, the funerals were a mixture of wailing and rejoicing as one of the bishops explained. And, and then again, it's this blessed are those who are persecuted kind of thought. It says, true, we love martyrdom. Isn't that something? But we also love life. We don't hate life on earth. God created us to, on earth to live, not die. The fact that we accept death doesn't mean our blood is cheap. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't matter to us. We do not commit suicide, but rather witness for Christ, whether by our lives or by our transition to heaven. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. And so I, I just say that to encourage us. Yeah. That and, and, you know, and even sometimes I think we look at martyrdom and, and say that's, you know, and that is, I mean, Jesus said, you haven't, I think it was Jesus, you know, you haven't read, Resisted sin. Resisted to the, point of, the death. point of shedding blood or Hebrews point of death. 12. Yeah, so it's. Um, but alive, living, bearing witness amidst difficulty is just as possibly hard. You know, just, I mean, getting Bibles into countries is just as hard. I mean, there's quite a you know, and just to encourage people to live also, you know, I mean, I think sometimes we can even say, I'm going to, I'll die for Christ. You know, I think we even had this, we'll die for Christ. Of course. Yeah, that's right. Fulness. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, what are we doing to really step out into those things even now? Cause it's happening. People are oh, yeah. risking their lives daily to, to live and, and sure there might be some rough, water is ahead and you may end up giving your life, but, um, there's no loss in it. Amen. Jesus is the reward.
2: Mm.
0: And so, Amen. Yeah. My
2: heart stirred. Good I'm Feeling presence on that. Amen. That's good.
0: Amen. I'll let you guys, uh, close it out in prayer. That sounds good. Yep.
2: So God, we, we thank you. And just even again, um, Lord for, for those believers in Egypt and, um, God, that underwent that that bombing and the suffering. And we lift up these believers. We ask the gospel of Jesus Christ would spread, God. And we pray for courage. God, as they lost loved ones, we pray for forgiveness and courage. And we ask Jesus again that the gospel would spread in Egypt. We thank you for that place. And we we just, Jesus, even remember your prophecy Um, in Isaiah 19, the highway between Egypt, Israel, and Assyria. And Syria, that so we pray, God, for peace, and we pray you would establish a highway, God, for the gospel to go forth, God. And so, Jesus, we pray even tonight, uh, or it's tonight here, but in the morning, as the mm-hmm. the um, prayers go, God, we pray that um, you would strengthen believers and those, that, and those that don't know you, Jesus, would look to you. We pray for the visions and dreams that Muslims have. We pray that even now that they would see you, Jesus, and that you would encourage and give boldness to our believers there. So we thank you, God, for them. They are our heroes. We love them, and we're honored that we get a stand with them as as brothers. Yes. I thank you for everybody that's been listening, and I pray encouragement to them. I pray, God, as they've heard these stories and that they would um, engage their hearts. I bless Um, bless the listeners even, God, that their hearts would be stirred. So encourage them, speak to them, Jesus, and we pray you would do a movement of prayer in the United States to stand for the persecuted church. So move, God, in this city, in Wichita, and across the United States, Jesus.
3: Father, we thank you that you see your church, all of it. You see the persecution they endure. And you said in Hebrews, never will I leave you or forsake you. And so, Lord, we just pray that you send comfort to the church around the world. That's enduring great hardship for the sake of your name. We pray you would bring comfort to them and your presence to them in a fresh new way. We pray if they're sitting in a prison cell and they have no access to the scriptures, that you would remind them. of your word your spirit would preach to them and you would encourage them in the inner place Father we just pray over the Middle East that you would pray you would bring truth and light into a dark place we pray you would penetrate hearts that are set and hard and that you would soften it we pray for as, as matthew prayed for visions and dreams in the middle of the night of the resurrected jesus amen we pray for your church to be bold yes Lord. that they would go out amidst uh dangers and they would they would speak of jesus and we pray for many to come to faith we pray that you would get as you're worthy people from every tongue tribe amen. people and nation worshiping and praising you, you are worthy. And so we ask you, God, to bring your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Do it, Jesus. Holy Spirit, move in the regions that do not have access to the gospel yeah. and move in our hearts here to be a people of prayer. Yeah, That we would stand with the persecuted and say, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. And we would cry out to you, God, for them. You would awaken your church to prayer. Move in all of us. Let us become one with the persecuted church. You you have one bride you're coming for. And so we want to be united with our brothers and sisters in dangerous places. God, we do pray for their protection, but we also pray more that your name would fill the earth. In Christ's name. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Mm. Amen. Mm. It's good. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm